Amen. If you have your Bible, if you would stand with me tonight, if you have your Bible. Sitting uh, a week and a half ago on Thursday night in church, I was sitting there and the Lord spoke this into my spirit sitting there and uh, I knew it was for tonight and for our first service uh, in in our new uh, capacity uh, as Antioch West. I, I, I said it this morning, I will say it again. Uh, my wife and I, we've talked about this several times and it's truly a humbling thing uh, to look across this room and see such a wonderful and awesome group of people a part of what God is doing. It is truly awesome to see that, and we're excited about what God is doing and uh, going forward. Joshua chapter 14, and we'll skip down a few verses for time's sake. Uh, I said this this morning, I'll say it again. Uh, it, over the next couple of weeks, we'll see a lot more uh, changes. We're going to have signs and we're going to get some stuff for the road, and we're going to have signs in the building, and we're going to be we're going to add screens uh, for scripture. So uh, tonight we may have to go the old-fashioned way and use a one of those old-fashioned written Bibles or uh, your phone. But verse six says, "Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephna, the Kizanite, said to him." You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made their heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, surely... The land where your feet has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And it said those 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here am I this day. Here am I this day. 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now my strength for war, both going out and for coming in. Verse 12, now therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you've heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Give me this mountain. I want to preach to you for a few moments tonight this. It's our time. Turn to somebody and tell them, it's our time. Turn to somebody else and tell them, it's our time.
I want you to say it with me out loud together. It's our time. Can we just say it one more time? It's our time. God bless you. You can be seated. In case you were wondering, I was reading out of the New King James, not the, not the traditional King James, the New King James. That's why the wording may have been a little different than what you were reading. Tomorrow morning represents the 72nd anniversary of one of the most significant events in all of human history. 72 years ago tomorrow, our world was in the midst of one of its greatest crises ever. All of the world was shaken by the fact that there was a power that had grown in Europe that had taken over the European continent and was threatening to take over the world. And the United States military along with the allies fighting that day, had gathered together and with one of the largest amphibious armadas ever put together, sailed across the English Channel to land on the beaches of Normandy. 150,000 plus men. Each one of them had been trained. Each one of them had been given an assignment. Each one of them had been selected. Each one of them were a part of a unit. Planning had gone in. Preparation had gone in. They had spent literally months and months and months and months and months planning. And finally, as dawn broke on June the 6th, 1944, as men climbed out of ships onto little landing crafts, Human history hung in the balance. The fate of the free world hung in the balance. That war was not going to be fought with generals from far away. But the battle was going to be won by the men that were going to land on the beach. By the individual soldier landing on the beach that day who was going to be his task and his task alone to win his battle. He couldn't handle what his neighbor was doing. He couldn't worry about what was happening down the beach from him. It was his job to win the battle that was before him. And if he could win his battle, and his neighbor next to him could win their battle, and that could continue down the line, the victory could be won. But as they approached the beach that day, chaos ensued. And there was so much chaos that people that had not been trained together had to fight together. Men that you had spent months with, training with, learning how to operate with, because of the chaos of the fight, all of a sudden all that went out the window and you were standing next to men that you didn't know their name. You didn't know where they came from. You didn't know their story. The only thing you knew was they're wearing the same uniform I'm wearing. And they're going the same place I'm going. You didn't have time to look over to them and say, what's your name? Where are you from? What's your mom? What's your dad? How much money you got in your pocket? None of that mattered. The only thing that mattered was there was an enemy before you and you could not go back. So the only thing you knew to do was take the man next to 
you and the man next to you and you didn't know their name but you knew one thing if we fight together we will win and in the chaos of that day one famous uh, uh, officer made this statement. He said there are two kinds of men on this beach today. The ones that are dead and the ones that are about to die. Men, we must get off this beach. There are only two type of people that stay on the beach in battle. Those that are dead and those that are going to die. But those that are going to survive must Get off the beach. I am glad tonight that we have pulled our landing craft up to the beach of Antioch West. And the gate has opened. And we as an army of God have stepped out onto the beach. But tonight I may be fighting next to somebody I don't know. I may be fighting next to somebody I don't know their story. I may be fighting next to somebody I've never met them. But if they're in this place tonight, I don't need to know your name. I just need to know the God you're serving. Because if we're serving the same God, then we're going the same direction. And I am thankful for the faith that I felt here this morning and the faith and the testimonies of what I've heard at the other groups. And I'm thankful for the power and the move of God and the faith I've felt in this place so far. But we cannot stay on the beach. We cannot stay on the beach. We can't stay here and celebrate the fact that we've landed on the beach. Because if we stay on the beach, we die on the beach. And up on that hill, the kingdom of darkness has set up camp. And they would do anything they can to drive us back from where we came. But I've come tonight in the Holy Ghost to say we have not come to stay on the beach. I'm not staying on the beach. I'm not staying where we landed because there is an objective in front of me. Give me this mountain. If you don't think the devil's upset about what's going on in here, you've got your head in a rock somewhere. If you don't know, you come tell me. I come after, I'll tell you later. The craziness that the devil wants to bring in this. You think he's just going to sit back with the move of God we've had here tonight and sit back and say, well, you know, well, there's not much I can do. Well, truly, there isn't much he can do, but he's going to try. If you could see the chaos that's been in my house today, you would know the devil's mad. 
and he's going to do everything he can to stop you from participating in what God's doing. He's going to try to get you distracted. He's going to try to get you off this way and off that way and bring chaos in your life. But it's got to be your attitude tonight that says it's our time. We can't stay on the beach. We haven't come here to Crofton Middle School just simply to have church. If we would have just had church, we should have stayed on the hill. We have not come here just to have church. But we've come here because there is a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. hope you have not come here tonight because you just wanted to get off the hill because you had some offense or some issue with someone there and you came here to avoid it and think you're going to come here and coast along because oh no we're not on the hill anymore honey you're going to stay on the beach you're going to die on the beach but give me this mountain Verse 6, we just read it. Verse 6 says the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kizanite, said unto him, You know the word that which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me, Kadesh Barnea. I want you to stop. Look at something very interesting here. That Caleb, his father, was a Kizanite. Like you, most of the time, in my attempt to even pronounce biblical names, we skim over them without really understanding the significance of what that name represents there in Caleb's lineage. He was a Kizanite. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 15, verse number 19, there's a group called the Kizanites. They were, they were, they were, they were, Gentiles in Genesis. But if you study it out, my opinion, and again, there's no true proof of this biblically, but just my opinion from the word study, that's not where Caleb came from. Caleb and the Kizanites came from the lineage of Esau. Esau's son had five sons and the fifth son was named Canaz which later became the Kizanites of the tribe of Judah so in the lineage of Caleb his great 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 grandfather gave up his mountain In his bloodline was the bloodline of a quitter. His bloodline was the bloodline of a failure. His bloodline was the bloodline of someone that gave into the flesh to give up a place in the spirit. He didn't come from the pedigree of Jacob. He came from Esau. 
the one that was notorious for what he gave up. I'm not sure the Bible doesn't say, but I think somewhere in Caleb's life, because you look at the attitude of Caleb and the faith that Caleb had, somewhere along the line, Caleb's dad sat down and said, son, I need to talk to you today. Let me tell you a story. I know you've heard it, but let me tell it to you again. Our forefathers, your forefathers, our lineage, way back, gave up the right. Gave up the inheritance because they weren't willing to pay the price. Son, whatever it takes, don't give up the mountain. Whatever you've got to go, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Whatever it costs you, son, whatever you've got to go through, Caleb, don't give up the mountain. If God promised you the mountain, don't give up the mountain, Caleb. Don't give up the mountain. The adversary wants to put your circumstances in front of you. He wants to magnify your need and say, listen, if you would just satisfy your need and take care of you right now, you know what? God will understand. You can, you can put that stuff down the road and worry about down the road. And you can forfeit your place in the body of Christ for a temporary need. But somewhere along the line, Caleb's dad said, son... Don't give up the mountain. Don't sell the mountain. Whatever you've got to do, Caleb, whatever you've got to do, get your mountain, son. Get your mountain. And Caleb goes across, scouting in the promised land, sees his mountain says listen we are well able wait a minute isn't that Esau's kin isn't that Esau's kin I don't know if he really means what he says we're well able and we know the story we know what happens they give up ten of them say we can't do it two of them say we can And God puts them in wandering for 40 years. Caleb could have said, you know what? Forget you guys. Forget you. That's my mountain. I'm going to get it. But Caleb knew he needed them as much as they needed him. He knew he could not abandon his brothers in the struggle because he couldn't get his mountain without them. And if you think we can just go on and abandon those in this place that are trying to get there and we can get our mountain without them, it's not going to happen. And Caleb chose to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. 
He wandered in the wilderness knowing he could have had his mountain 40 years ago. But he chose to stay with his brothers until he could get that mountain. I imagine there are days when he got tired of eating manna that he wondered, is it worth it? Is the mountain worth it? But somewhere in his spirit, the faith that he pronounced at 40 years old when he went across in the promised land, somewhere in him, it rose up and said, I still got a mountain that I haven't conquered yet. I've got a mountain that I haven't conquered yet. And I find it unique. And I'm not trying to read into something. So if you think I'm trying to stretch it, then I'll stretch it. And that's okay. I'm not preaching anything doctrinally tonight, so allow me to stretch it if I want to stretch it. But what did he say? How long did he wait between the time he saw his mountain until the time he was able to get his mountain? Forty-five years. Somebody tell me what anniversary Antioch just celebrated. In case you don't know the answer, we celebrated our 45th year. Why have we waited for 45 years to get to this moment? Only God knows. It's God's church. It's God's house. It's God's timing. But all I know is this. The same God that promised us the mountain 45 years ago is the same God that's here tonight. And we are the people to say, give me my mountain. I know some of you could have done it better back then, maybe, than you could do it now. I know some of you may have been better off back then than you are now. I know some of you were in better health back then than you are now. I know some of you felt like you were stronger back then than you are now. But let me tell you this, it's our time. And if you're here tonight, you're here tonight because God puts you here. But it's not good enough for the bishop to say, give me the mountain. It's not good enough for the leaders to say, give me the mountain. It's not good enough for me to just get up here and preach. Give me the mountain. But there's someone in this place tonight. It's got to be your faith. It's got to be your faith. It's got to be your faith. Give me my mountain. Hallelujah. 
not our mountain, not a mountain, not some mountain, but give me my mountain. It's my mountain. It's tonight. It's my mountain. And you know what? The devil wants you to believe that it's just a mountain. Because if it's just a mountain, you're going to stay at the bottom of the hill, Esau. Esau, you're going to stay at the bottom. But when you believe it's my mountain, when you believe this promise belongs to me, it's not just Antioch's promise. This is my promise. It's not Antioch's revival. This is my revival. It's not Antioch's harvest. It's my harvest. When you believe that, when you begin to claim that, when you begin to profess that, all of a sudden, the devil realizes, wait a minute. If I don't stop this now, I'm not going to be able to stop it then. But the problem is, when one decides to link arms with another, and then that one links arms with the one beside him, and then down the line, all of a sudden, what used to be one all of a sudden becomes many and greater is he that is in me so I've come tonight to serve notice on the adversary we have not come to stay on the beach we have not come to camp out on the beach we have not come to swim on the beach but we have come to say give me my mountain my mountain my mountain my mountain I'm not going to quit until I get my mountain I'm not going to stop until I get my mountain I'm not going to give up until I get my mountain I'm not going to keep going until I get my mountain I'm not going to quit praising until I get my mountain to be established in your spirit tonight right from this moment it's our time and that's our mountain and we will not stop until we get our mountain let's establish that tonight let's let the devil know tonight we haven't come over here to quit we haven't come over here to stop we haven't come over here to compromise we haven't come over here to stop praying and believing in the name and believing in one God believing in baptism in Jesus name believing in the infilling of the Holy Ghost but we have come here to claim I 
somebody would just begin to release your faith in the spirit i wish somebody would begin to open up your mouth begin to pray in the spirit begin to release your faith in the spirit begin to release your faith in the spirit Hallelujah. 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 Kate, Kate, give him to somebody. Kate, give him to somebody. Come up here. I want you, I want, I want those of you tonight. I know some of you are physically not able, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to cause you to feel left out. So we understand if you're not physically able, we got you. You're okay. But I want you, I want those of you that are able, I want you to come down front tonight. All of you are able. You're declaring tonight, it's my mountain. Come on, you're coming down. I know some of you can't make it. I understand. Don't don't feel bad. I get it. Some of you, it's hard for you to stand. Some of you, it's hard for you to get up. I get it. Stay where you are. We got you. come here now not next week not next month but we've come here tonight starting now to get off the beach we're not staying on the beach we're not dying on the beach we're not setting camp up on the beach but there is an army that's in front of us that has remained unchallenged and we are here tonight to declare that's our mountain you've had it long enough and we've come tonight to serve notice you've had your time now it's our time 